divine nightly episodes of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Open your mind, take up your sword, and let's defeat the Demiurge so that we may obtain true Gnosis. Welcome to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Good evening, once more, once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Grey Arm Pagans podcast. Um, my guest isn't here yet, I am expecting him any moment. Uh, today I am talking with Miguel from Aeon Bites Gnostic Radio, it's quite a mouthful, um, he is a radio hosts, podcaster, content creator, and voice actor. And I want to discuss all things Gnosticism with him because it is a topic that I don't know much about or don't know much about just yet. So that's why I invited him on. I have seen his content um float around on odyssey i've been a uh, a subscriber for a while now always has very very interesting guests on um is a is a good voice actor i haven't heard any of his voice acting work but just by his um his voice alone and his whole setup and his shows and his podcasts i can i can hear that he is a uh, that he is a good one some people just just have have that voice um i hope i can keep talking about things till miguel is here i double checked the um double checked the email i said the 18th at 9 p.m um that is now it is nine in the evening a little past nine in the evening for me so i do hope he is um he's gonna show soon and as soon as he does we can get this show on the road oh wait okay ah okay just got an email from him he is running a few minutes late that is perfectly fine thank you for the email uh i want to have the color a bit darker but yeah 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 gives me some time to fiddle around okay two shows in a row two very very different very different topics two very different guests uh yesterday i was of course on with um brenda from horrifying history talking all kinds of spooky stuff and today gnosticism going more into the religious side ah there he is good evening sir hello sorry about that webcam issues uh, it, it happens. Technical issues. It's uh, seems all the time. A issue nowadays. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Um, now that you're here, I already gave a uh, bit of a short introduction. But introduce yourself, uh, your channel, your contents. What are you about? What do you do? 
Yeah, uh, Miguel Connor. I'm the host of AM Biognostic Radio, and I am a, 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 someone who just enjoys sharing these ancient mysteries and see how they're useful for a modern audience. And this takes the form the podcast is mentioned, but also books, articles, uh, vid and uh, pre-recorded videos, all that. So big interest in uh, ancient and modern Gnosticism and Hermeticism. Awesome. Yeah, those are very interesting, very uh, broad topics. Just need to put my phone on silent. There we go. Um, I've been trying to uh, to catch up a bit about what uh, what Gnosticism is, so that I don't go um, don't go into the show completely blank. But um, it's controversial um there are a lot of there's a lot of controversy surrounding it and with gnosticism first thing that popped into my mind when i um was emailing you and watching your uh, watching your content was um about the knights templar um uh, they were i believe they were gnostics i'm not not too sure about that it's kind of outside of my my spectrum outside of my realm so please do do enlighten us what is what is gnosticism how do you attain true gnosis by coming on your podcast that's the first step i tell people so just <laughs> <laughs> no but well it certainly is the more of us that uh, share this information the more people will be awakened and enlightened so i'm not lying uh, just uh, Gnosticism would say nobody has a monopoly on the truth or the mysticism and all that. But yeah, Gnosticism basically in, in a very short elevator pitch uh, posits that we live in a sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, a sort of simulation that mm -hmm. we are not who we are, that we live in a construct, not a, uh, you might say, uh, false reality but a faked reality it's a reality that has been created around our consciousness or our soul or a divine spark to keep us here and through a special type of knowledge called gnosis which is both a, an intellectual and a mystical endeavor we can awaken to our true nature as divine beings who belong beyond this faked reality and this reality is constructed by these entities that the Gnostics call the Archons. Uh, there are probably other names for it in different religions. And they are the ones who are basically feeding upon us. And beyond this uh, simulation, or as Philip K. Dick called it, the Black Iron Prison, there is a call of this alien god or ultimate form of consciousness that sends information, and this information takes the form of these uh, apostles of light or Gnostic revealers who can awaken us to our true nature and impart these mysteries or rituals that will allow us to break down the simulation. And to the Gnostics, it was uh, Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Simon Magus, Sophia, to the Hermeticists, which is who could be called the pagan cousins of the Gnostics, it would be Hermes Thrice Great. Some Gnostics said Buddha was a Gnostic revealer because he was telling us we are trapped in samsara and we need to break out through yeah. a inner revelation and so forth. So in a nutshell, that's it. Obviously, there's many more features like their obsession with uh, deconstructing the book of Genesis, the idea that they are a mind model religion, their heavy insistence on goddess worship or understanding and other features that you could say are part of the whole gnostic thought if you would yeah no yeah buddhism is um as you were uh, as you were naming all this buddhism is indeed one thing that um that came to mind because they you know they do believe in um like escaping this mortal realm escaping samsara to you know reach nirvana reach the the ultimate high and be one uh be one again um and uh i these all these uh ideas a lot of them have also um 
made their way into more um, the more new age way of thinking uh some very um kind of kind of depressing kind of nihilistic if you will that's our body is you know it's nothing more than a a meat suit um keeping our soul prison um you know existence is you know existence is futile it's it's all uh all meaningless but uh so and uh especially with the um it, it, it makes my mind go in a whole different direction but a lot of um people who say they are like channelers for example they will talk about uh archons and them um also or not necessarily the archons but the ones who i don't know, like are in control of the archons um creating this all this misery and creating wars uh, and such so that they have something to uh to feed on so that they have like energy massive amounts of energy to feed on so it's i think it's interesting how many um in how many directions you can you can take gnosticism um and mm. i watched a short video and they were talking about like a higher god and a lower god and that's the one thing i've always um understood about gnosticism um please do correct me if i'm wrong but um that the god of the um of the old testament is not the same god as um as from the new testaments because um this is i it's been a while since i uh since i dove into this but the, um i believe that the god from the old testament was much more uh much more benign more friendly more loving and the god from the new testament was just kill them all no flip it you gotta flip it around. oh yeah other way other way around see yeah yeah they would definitely say that <laughs> they thought that the Hebrew Bible was uh, completely changed and co-opted to worship this tyrannical god, this demon, uh, who they called the Demiurge or uh, had other names. And he was the one who sort of, uh, in some stories, usurped, usurped the power from the powers of light or the energy from the powers of light and constructed this place for his own, for his own arrogant means, if you would. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't just the the God of the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, but in certain Gnostic groups, they any creator managerial God, whether it was Saturn or um, Osiris, would be put under this sort of lesser consciousness that had uh, that was doing a pretty bad job, and as you said, basically feeding on us again for your. For your listeners, you can think of the movie The Matrix or the show Westworld. I mean, there's a ton of Gnostic content today because it's very popular. Mm. Because, again, the simulation theory and the idea of levels of reality because of modern science and video games has made Gnosticism no longer even uh, metaphysical, but actually scientific. You have, uh, I mean, uh, Elon Musk himself said that there's a... 99% chance that this is a simulation just by going into uh, into physics and other things. So to the Gnostics, yeah, um, any sort of uh, god would be lesser. The supreme consciousness would be this being of pure information that exists outside the material world, and it is the font of our existence. It is our home. We carry a fragment of this being, and we are meant to unite with this being. And of course, in Judaism, this is not so rare as the idea of the Nephilim and the Watchers certainly yeah. has very strong Gnostic parallels to it. Even Paul in the New Testament talks about the God of this world, the powers and principalities. He uses the word Archon as rulers, even though Archon in ancient times could mean any sort of magistrate or judge or any like, like that. But to the ancients, it could also mean somebody who is in charge of the stars and the zodiac and how this universe works so the ancients you always have to 
keep in mind to have this as above so below mentality that yeah we are a reflection of the gods and the gods in a way are a reflection of us to the gnostics it was all just it's all it's all been botched up and we knew we need new management if you would I mean, I I can say I uh, I disagree with that. If you indeed look at uh, look at the world we live in today, um, you know, if as the if you know the Christians are right and God is love, God is the you know the ultimate being of love, and sacrificing His Son was the ultimate act of love. Well, then I don't know where that that love went, but there's there's very little love to be found so um i mean in a way i i do have to have to agree with the with the gnostics on that it is looking like um something has well either usurped or just is allowed to allowed to roam allowed to to run rampant uh i believe in the more uh christian theology we would be in the the little season where uh, where Satan is free to, um, well, just seduce everyone and everything, try to get as many people on his side uh, as he can. So, I mean, there there definitely is is something something wrong. I do agree, and uh, I thought this was a good question from Josh. The, um, Sophia, I've heard about Sophia as the mother goddess um i know that's um matriarchy and maternal worship uh in paganism europe in european paganism was a uh, was a big thing as well our uh, our ancestors did live in a matriarchal society how does that um how does that work in gnosticism how does that present itself in gnosticism because you you do have a goddess right yeah you have a, or you have a several aspects of the goddess or the divine feminine if you would the archetype to uh many of the gnostic groups the ultimate existence or creation uh was a, a pair a unity of a male and a female some would call it the the great invisible spill spirit or bar below uh, others called it uh, um, uh, bythos and sage, depth and silence, the great mother and the father. And through their interaction, sort of consciousness spreads out. Uh, in a way, it's very, um, it's, uh, it's Egyptian. You could think of the god tomb and how he spreads out to the Egyptian gods or in, even in Hinduism, how uh, uh, Shiva and Prakriti or Shiva and Shatki are in this sort of dance knowing each uh, other. And it's yeah. almost like a romance where they create the entire universe and it spreads out from pure undivided perfection. It spreads out and becomes lesser. To, to many of the Gnostic groups, one as it spreads out, one of the daughters if you would uh, uh, or children although you could probably call them characteristics of the divine man mine mm -hmm. was sophia and sophia is the one who you might say rebels against the divine mind or transgresses and she is thrown out into the chaos she becomes pregnant with as uh, she falls into chaos which to the ancients was just the void out the void or the great waters of existence beyond yeah. the gods she becomes pregnant with her own uh, fear and lonely, and she gives birth to this being called the Demiurge. Again, this managerial god who then he steals her power and creates the universe and traps some of her essence here to become us. As as uh, some scholars have said, the story of God is uh, God went crazy and became us. That's like a short Gnosticism <laughs> is. It's not like in uh, Eastern places where it's like well this is uh shiva or krishna trying to get to know himself no this one there is a psychotic breakdown because god loses his wisdom and things are unbalanced probably everywhere so it's this idea of sophia trying to restore the universe and her problem and getting help from other aeons as they're called such as christ mm -hmm. or so forth and it's not so rare because think of other mythology in ancient times, the great mother Cybele, 
she started as this male god in heaven and she decides to rebel. She castrates herself, falls to our universe and becomes Cybele. Uh, you have that uh, with the Anunnaki. You have some rebellions of gods here. There, there's this story of uh, a goddess falling from grace. And of course, Plato would say, well, this is just the great analogy of the soul, the soul's adventure that the soul has, as Plotinus says, as soon as the soul becomes conscious, it's going to rebel and go on its own prodigal son adventure. But you have that a lot. I mean, think of the Greek uh, myth. What happens to Zeus? He suddenly has a great headache. He's freaking out. And who pops yeah. up? Athena. Wisdom. Wisdom leaves God. I think it's a great explanation to tell us why this universe is so messed up because nobody has wisdom. Even in Judaism, if you look at the Hebrew Bible, there's all these passages about how wisdom is lost, how she's been rejected by men. The book of Enoch says, wisdom came to men and they rejected her so she went to hide in the clouds there's this ongoing story throughout all these cultures how we have we've misplaced our wisdom or the great goddess or the great goddess has rebelled because she needs to go and find herself or go through some mission and the gnostics of course there were no exception except to them it was this idea of sophia rebelling in her battle against the archons to restore the universe yeah no that that sounds that sounds very familiar and it also kind of reminds me of um and uh josh chalavash in the in the chat and he made this point as well um yeah he said he said lilith but it sounds kind of like a combination of the uh the adam and eve story mixed in with um with lilith and the demiurge like maybe being the the snake who eventually seduces her to eat from the apple i don't I, it's it may be a bit of well, an to the Gnostics, they changed they thought they had the right interpretation there's evidence that they started out as these uh jews from a different era from a more polytheist era i mean if i mean solomon in the first temple had dedications to asherah and other gods and the Gnostics were the one who held this sort of shamanistic animist vibe underground. So they said that how we see the Hebrew Bible is wrong, especially Genesis. And in fact, the Gnostic view is closer to the Sumerian view. For example, in the Garden of Eden, same with the uh, Sumerians, Eve is equal or superior to Adam because Eve is a manifestation of Sophia. Sophia keeps manifesting in all these figures, including Mary Magdalene, uh, Eve, and so forth. Oh. And, the, and in many of the accounts, the serpent is also Sophia, or sometimes it's Jesus. The ser Adam and Eve are trapped. They're actually the victims. And this tyrant god has them trapped there, like with the Anunnaki, to be their slaves. And they rebel, they're helped through these higher forces, and it's this adventure of how they can spread and eventually come up with the right people or formula to defeat the uh, tyrant Demiurge. Yeah, Lilith is certainly later, but again, she's definitely part of this trope of uh, the rebellious goddess, the fallen yeah. wisdom. and. And of course, the goddess always has a shadow side. I mean, in ancient times, all gods had a shadow side. I mean, most people think of Aphrodite as the goddess of love, but they forget she was also the goddess of war. Same Athena yeah. was the goddess of war and wisdom. So there's always a shadow side. Even in uh, to the Gnostics, there's this being called Akamoth, the wisdom of death. And they sometimes refer to Sophia as the queen of demons, the queen of Hades, the mother of all the fallen angels. She had all these, uh, she was the great horse. And of course, you see that in ancient times. Uh, I mentioned some examples, but you had Asherah, but then you had Anat, which was this vicious, cannibalistic, murdering goddess. Hinduism has it too. You've got Kali versus the nicer god. In, in the Egyptian mythos, you've got Sekhmet which is uh, instead of Isis being fertility, she's this goddess of war and destruction and all that. So, so yeah. Lilith kind of, Lilith is the shadow side of Eve in a way. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very, that's a very good explanation. Um, I know that in 
Norse, uh, Norse paganism or Germanic paganism, if you will, you have uh, the leader of um, of one of the the pantheons of the uh, the Vanir, who is Freya. She is the goddess of love, but she's also the goddess of war. Cool. You know, she'll. Um, I always jokingly say that, like her her slogan is "Layem or Slayem." Um, and uh, I was I mentioned well, yeah, the, women uh, are always connected to nature, right? Yeah, and as I tell people, much. nature is my salvation, but it's also my destruction. When I go out, I'm like, nature's gonna give me dinner, or I am going to be dinner. So the, the yeah. feminine, as they said, the womb is the source of life, but it's also the source of death. So that's why you have these goddesses that are very complex instead of more simpleton male gods that kind of we know what to do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there there's always this this duality, this dualism, dark and darkness and light and many many religions will uh, will indeed tell you to um to transcend that by incorporating them into each other and um i think the um the new age religions uh, i must say i have fallen for that trap as well just ignore your dark side if you don't pay attention to your your darkness and whatever it's not there you know all you know love and light and uh, i mean it, it you can fool yourself for a while but it then you know it all it all comes back and um yeah it's it's a tough one and i mean i can i can see how um how the gnostics would say that you know nature or earth or life is cruel because it is you know as you said you know will nature provide me dinner or will it make me dinner you know <laughs> nature has its own agenda and all our reasoning and nice intentions doesn't mean shit. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you can, you know, walk up to a grizzly bear and be like, hey, I'm not going to harm you. Grizzly bear don't care. <laughs> yeah, and most New Agers today, they they don't understand that what you and I see outside is nature. It's not even nature. This is suppressed rape nature. We've taken away her fangs. We've taken yeah. away uh, her power and we've sort of, we keep her in a state of enslavement so that we humans are safe. But uh, nature is, is something else. And I love nature. I spend more time outside. I feel more whole and, and alive when I'm outside instead of behind the computer or anything. It's amazing. But I also, that's because, but also it's because I understand her. I know I see this awe and horror at the same time. And I see it completely. And I understand. And the Gnostics were the same way. I mean, this is a universe that somehow something made it where all life forms are dependent on the suffering and death of other life forms. And even if you want to be vegetarian, there's going to be a lot of suffer. Plants suffer. Of course they do. Yeah. Silly not to. It's somehow this mechanism is made where we have to inflict pain and destruction or control others so that we can survive and the Gnostics said that's completely insane I mean they always talk like in the Gospel of Thomas these these Gnostics wanted to they wanted to be like Eden like it says in Eden all animals got along humans got along nobody suffered nobody needed shelter or food and they felt if with this gnosis we could somehow lift the veil and we would all go back to Eden because again the system is a uh, pretty weird i mean couldn't we survive on sunlight or something <laughs> Do we have, or couldn't we have created a, a species that we didn't have to eat plants or animals or anything like that <laughs> well if you uh like if you believe a lot of um theology and christian theology for um for the most parts they you know that comes with the with the fall of man like we fell into uh, into matter like we we are indeed you know Gnostics have a good point there. We are not this physical body. We are not our body. We are our soul. But because um, whether that be, you know, with the, the story of the Nephilim, because, you know, we got corrupted somehow or we let ourselves be corrupted, we fell into matter. But uh, I so we were do. Trapped. The Gnostics would say 
it's not our fault unlike christians and muslims and the abrahamic religions it's it's our responsibility but it's through no fault of our own we were trapped we were once part of sophia and we got mm -hmm. trapped to sustain this universe yeah i can i can see that i can i can see why you would why you would say that um but on the the other hand like you know going back to the dualism darkness and light what i i do see is that there is um a mass awakening going on there is a huge uh pagan revival going on people are finding that that light again and i i do believe that is indeed because we are uh we are again looking for wisdom not necessarily for knowledge but we are seeking out wisdom we are seeking out teachers people who can you know help us find teachers groups tribes um so you know i i do believe that i mean maybe not in in this lifetime maybe not in in this cycle but i i do believe or really want to believe at least that uh we will escape this um and uh i mentioned the uh the knights templar briefly already they uh to my understanding they really took gnosticism they kind of took it underground because um wasn't it choice. the wasn't it the catholic church that just wanted to uh i mean it's always the catholic church isn't it really trying to sometimes do away <laughs> with uh, really trying to do away with all all other religions and that's from there um all the the mystery schools or what we today would call uh secret societies as the freemasons um sprung and that they would have the uh the actual knowledge and the the ultimate knowledge and that only through them you could you know attain attain gnosis attain true gnosis gets to those those higher levels what's what's your what's your opinion on that do you think that like we can do it as individuals outside of these these temples or do we really need a a group or a tribe if you will to to help us because i i have heard both sides of the of the story uh well what i say is uh the gnostics were anarchists and uh as we as we know they they worked in these sort of little lodges across the mediterranean and then later when they spread to asia and western europe so and they had a varied amount of rituals and that that's always confused individuals because but until you realize that because we're all different individuals and because we happen to be uh whoever we are we find ourselves surrounded by the cultural and religious context of our time we have to sometimes a we ha all have a different uh co spiritual constitution so we'll need different rituals some people yeah as i some people need uh entheogens some people are better with ceremonial magic some people it's meditation I always thought it's a combination for everybody. And that's what the Gnostics did. They were like, I want Gnosis. I want to understand who I am, self-knowledge, and I want to understand the nature of reality. And I want to make contact with these higher uh, forms of existence. So I'm going to use everything I can and change it until I get that. And But the rituals were always ecstatic shamanistic and involved an altered state of mind i guess you can make the i mean when you meditate enough you're gonna have an altered state of mind but yeah that was the thrust we are getting out of normative reality so they would use everything they could and that's what i always advise people i said look enough with this like uh buzzfeed listicle or guru list <laughs> you do this a b and c and you're gonna be saved you're gonna see samsara you're gonna not some sorry you're gonna see nirvana no 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 you need to find your own path and it starts with finding out who am i you take the red pill you see reality that it's really not as good as you thought it was 
You realize I am my own savior. I am my own Neo. How am I going to find that? How am I going to get rid of all this programming for my churches and parents and friends and mass media? And what's within me that has a purpose, that has power, potential, and I need to reach out and I need to bring that out. So it, at the end of the day, to me, I know I'm sort of on a rant. You need to find oh, your it's... own path. You need, but, and you need to find the solutions, the different things that work. For, for example, for me, these days it's uh, ayahuasca, I Ching, meditation, Jungian dream journal. Now you think all of those things are they're from different parts of the world and time, but that's what I have found where I can have altered states of mind and and really understand myself and go with it. For you, it could be five completely different things, but that's what wakes you up or gets you the red pill, if you would. So that's my advice. Having said that, I don't think it's a do it alone. It's not arrogant. We we are human. We are pack animals. We do, we do need a tribe. We do need others to help us. I love the idea of an egregore where we can use our psychic powers together and create yeah. protection and use that energy to summon spirits and all that. So I would advise people, if you got to go at it alone, but when the time's right, find some people that you can uh, enjoy some rituals together. Yeah, I do feel that, um, that in a, in a group, the rituals are going to be stronger as well because there is a lot more energy, a lot more magic happening and a lot more focused on, um, on this, this one point, this one goal. And yeah, here's uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, why to people Gnosticism is confusing is that Gnosticism is not really a religion. It's more a, a metaphysical orientation or a spiritual modality. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why it can attach itself to other religions. Like when it attaches itself to Judaism, it looks like Kabbalah. When it attaches itself to uh, Persian religion, it looks like uh, Zervanism. When it attaches itself to Islam, it looks like Sufism or the Assassins. And it may see, seem strange, but think of shamanism. Shamanism is also a spiritual modality. There is no shamanistic religion. It can attach, it appears with the Mongols and the mass and all these groups in Russia. And then shamanism went down and attached itself to the Greeks and the Romans and the mystery religion. So that's Gnosticism is like that. And in, in many ways, it's pretty much identical to shamanism because one of the first things it says is, okay, you realize reality is false. Now you need to go to the spirit world. You need to alter your consciousness and see what's behind the veil. And that's what shamanism is. is. And in fact, in many ancient Gnostic groups, you always came back with healing ideas and powers. They were into healing potions and touching of the hands and scrolls and amulets. And they believed in healing. The difference is, the Gnostics were a religion of the mind. They didn't just believe in healing your body, but also your psyche, too. They were like therapists. Jung calls them history's first, first depth uh, psychoanalysis because they believed our, our minds needed to be mended because they were completely overtaken by, as uh, they call Wetiko, the mind. But the archons were controlling our mind, and we needed to clean that. That's... Yeah, that's that's a that's a good argument. I'd say that's that's true. You know, there is you can only gather so much knowledge and so much wisdom if you don't actually put it in practice. If you don't, well, free your mind, open open your mind to uh, to the other side, to new ideas, new practices, experiences. Um, that's more important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's. That's been a, it's, that's a, another thing with, you know, gathering wisdom and all that's, you know, that's all fine and dandy. You can, you can read every, every book in existence, listen to every radio show, every podcast, watch every YouTube video and think, you know, oh, you know, with all that, that knowledge, I'm gonna, you know, gain wisdom. No, that comes from, from experiences, you know, you have to, I mean, it's it's like as simple in life how do you learn to walk by you know first you learn to stand up and you learn to how do you learn 
to stand up well first you gotta fall if you don't know yeah. how to fall you don't know how to how to get up if you don't know how to get up you'll never be able to walk yeah i mean look what odin had to sacrifice to wisdom to mimir he sacrificed yeah. a lot to get something to make the world a better place yeah he you know sacrificed he sacrificed himself to gain the knowledge of the runes he sacrificed mm. His, his eye, his eye for for knowledge, for wisdom, yeah. And I mean, now he is considered, you know, the the wisest and most dangerous, of course. Um, the of shadow the, of side, the yeah, yeah. War, yeah, war yeah, and yeah. Wisdom seem to go hand yeah. to hand. Huh? Well, yeah, <laughs> but that makes they, sense because they I think, did. as I tell people, once you are wise, you gain Sophia. You can't help but rebel. I mean, you're you you realize this place is a shit show. It's a disaster. <laughs> and you, yeah. I don't want to be conformed to the herd and all this. So of course I'm going to rebel. As I tell people, the awakening of any individual is a cosmic rebellion. Or what what did Orwell say? Uh, speaking the truth in a time of universal deceit is an act of rebellion. So yeah, when you have wisdom, it's almost like you have to go to war. <laughs> yeah. You don't sit in a cave and meditate. No, you go and fight like Athena and Odin and all. It's messy. And your life is going to be destroyed. You're going to go to oh. war with your own ego, your friends, oh, your job, your habits, your family. You're going to have to go to war and destroy them metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically, you're going to destroy all of these. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated. And good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. Yeah. No, that that's I have had some hard battles, especially when I when I first saw the world for uh, for what it actually is, for how it actually works. I got plunged into a a deep deep darkness and I I didn't I didn't know anymore I I didn't know what to do cuz I mean yeah you could say you know speaking of you know red pills and whatever I kind of got got black pills I kind of got nihilistic nihilistic at first cuz I was like why should I do anything if nothing that I do really matters because I'm not not in control either way and but yeah that that got me nowhere that got me nowhere fast and then then at a certain point you kind of have to pick yourself up and be like you know i can sit here on the couch and and mope and bitch and moan and and complain and damn the world for for all it's worth but it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything so i gotta i gotta fight i gotta you know fight fight myself fight my fight my inner inner demons inner inner archons oh, yeah. if you will and boy i have fought some um <laughs> yeah. and ever since yeah it's at certain points it definitely has made life a lot harder but i have gained a lot of experience i have gained a lot of a lot of wisdom and just know a lot better what to do and how to like maybe how to bend the rules to to my way or you know like in go like a little bit like read in between in between the lies find the find the loopholes um and i wanted to ask what was what was your path like what was your awakening like oh well um god it was very long slow and uh sometimes aimless unfortunately 
I didn't, uh, I wasn't in the 21st century for a lot of time. So a lot of the tools that people have today, I just didn't have them. And I searched and I searched and I went down the wrong paths. And sometimes it was very painful. Sometimes I would be lost by, for years. Sometimes I'd sell out for years because sometimes it's easier to be like Cypher in the Matrix and eat that steak and tell Agent Smith, <laughs> okay, just send me back for a while. I'll take the blue yeah. pill. But uh, eventually, at some point, um, yeah, things just started clicking. I, everything that I'd studied, everything that I'd uh, learned and read and experienced, it all just came together. And I found out who I was, or I found out I had a mission, and I realized everybody has a mission. It's that saying, uh, the meaning of life is to find your purpose. Uh, the purpose of life is to give that gift away. So... Uh, and I realize we all have a purpose. We all have a destiny. I don't know if it brings peace, but it does bring ecstasy. Again, talking about the the warrior, there is yeah. an ecstasy when you go into battle. There is a non-thinking aspect when you're at war. And just, uh, yeah, it all clicked. Just even in the last few years, I finally have found wisdom. And I know I'm wise enough to know I could lose it at one point because... Like in Judaism, wisdom is this damsel that sometimes runs away to another mm. castle. Or you always have to court wisdom because that's how she works. <laughs> and uh, but I'm glad I, I wouldn't want it any other way. So it's nice to uh, it's nice to be awake. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Once you once you have kind of settled into your into your path then then it's it's nice indeed at first it's absolutely messy and indeed you know as you said not being in the 21st century or you know having access to the internet or a smartphone in your pockets um i i do imagine it being a lot harder i mean everybody always you know curses technology and oh it ruined our lives and you know it's it's a matter of of how you use it i mean you know we're yeah, using you can it, get, it now uh, to get therapy online fast you can yeah find a group of people that might be hurting like you're hurting and you need to you know bounce things off you can find essays and uh herbs you can order if you want to go holistic there's there is a solution no matter what what the archons are doing to you right now there is a solution but you just have to look at it like hey this is just uh it's part of the game. Uh, it's at the end of the day, it is an illusion because my thoughts are an illusion. My behavior is an illusion. It's not real. There's something deeper, but I can find good ways to sort of uh, take care of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I am fascinated by the thought that it's um, that it's all a illusion because it, it all feels very real i know it's like what we are physically experiencing is not all that there is you know there are higher planes lower planes dimensions worlds um so to say it's a illusion like it's, it's a word I, I use code uh you can use whatever you could say there's a yeah. bigger reality than this reality because i've experienced it so yeah language as Jung and others would say, even Heidegger would say, language fails us, so we just gotta try. We just gotta keep yeah. at it to the best of our ability. Yeah, and language can be a uh, a trap in of itself. You know, it's as I mentioned on my uh, my show a lot. It's called spelling for a reason, and you know, letters and whatever. I mean, they're nothing but but symbols, in a way. Mm -hmm and i always thought that was like that was very interesting and especially you know if you're speaking different languages i mean english isn't my my native language so i do like sometimes walk into that that language barrier when i you know when i think i'm saying the one thing but actually i'm saying something completely different and you know then there's the the chaos aspect again like i i oh sorry i totally thought this was something else but guess i'm saying all the wrong things when i was trying to purvey something else and no language it's uh especially with the um you know you were talking about 
the the shamans and uh, makes me think of the the druids they had this this oral tradition they um they didn't they they never wrote anything down um it's un unfortunately how we also you know lost a lot of a lot of knowledge now we lost a lot of a lot of wisdom but i do think it's interesting that um you know it's always coming back to duality a light side and a and a dark side and and really depending on on how you use it and how you how you purvey it to be i think that's it's quite fascinating and the the gnostics they they make some some great some great points um it's uh it's definitely something i i am gonna gonna look into further um tell us about your about your show you have your own your own yeah what is it podcasts radio show yeah am by gnostic radio yeah um it's a show where i share gnostic ideas guests and everything involved or that has touched gnosticism secret societies uh other groups uh modern art whatever so what made you start that show just because i you... wanted to learn <laughs> like everybody else <laughs> uh, i didn't know i started a long time ago uh and i was back before there was even podcasting or the only people who did podcasting was people in apple and i was like well isn't the best way to learn to ask professors and experts in the field and isn't the best and is learning not as i say it's not gnosis unless you give it away so i want to learn but i also want to share with the world so i started you know asking academics and professors and just recording them and i didn't even know if i had an audience for years i was just like <laughs> this i'm just gonna keep this and eventually it just became more uh more of a thing yeah yeah i've of course watched your uh your show i'm a uh, subscriber on odyssey um you always have very very interesting guests on and talk about uh talk about really really good things uh there's one thing that i uh i did um i did want to ask as well uh we've been talking about the the demiurge but i have also and i don't know if there is a a difference between the two but i've also heard the the name or the being um abraxas i don't know so i i've always believed that they were were the same but then other people tell me no they're they're different as i tell people if you're going to study mythology or ancient religion gnostic get over the either or thinking because a that's not how the ancients thought we 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 exist in a linear either or is this god is this or this person and it's like try don't worry especially with something as, as uh, enigmatic as abraxas because yes some church father said he was actually associated with the supreme consciousness, the good God. There's mm -hmm. even one book called, I think, the ninth book of Moses, where he's the supreme being. And one day he starts laughing and he creates the universe in humans. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. We are kind of a joke. But uh, <laughs> there are other there are others who say other church fathers said, no, he's uh, he's the head archon. He's the on top of the, he's the bad guy. And then others say, well, what's the difference? Because again, to the ancients, it was easier to keep all of these definitions and ideas in their heads. As some have said, like uh, philosopher Owen Barfield, you talk about writing, as soon as we learn to write, we created a new reality. This idea of uh, linear time and cause and effect and logic. Yeah. But the ancients didn't see the world. They saw the world, everything happening at once, to quote the movie. Uh, so, so their consciousness was different. So, uh, to them, this abraxas would not be a problem or a moral issue. Now, and this being appears in different Gnostic texts. He's got the head of a a rooster or a hawk, body of a human, snake legs, uh, and then he's riding this chariot. And he appears on a lot of magical amulets, uh, and a lot of magic spells. Uh, 
Some Gnostics are praying that he leaves them alone because he's so powerful. You don't want him around. There are mm. some incantations. There's one, ironically, London in the third or fourth century. This guy's invoking Abraxas to help with a pandemic in London. So it's like, I don't oh. know if Abraxas, I know I told people well, I should have created these jewels in 2020. <laughs> we'll stop the virus with Abraxas. But, uh, so this being was used by magicians or by people not wanting his presence around. And the Knights Templar used the seal of Abraxas to guard their treasures. So um, he appears here and there, but ultimately he's pretty mysterious who he is. You can't define mm. him. It's like Baphomet. Baphomet's kind of another one. In fact, Pete, was it Pete Carroll, the founder of Chaos Magic, always said, he needed a patron god for patron god for uh, chaos magic, and he had mm -hmm. a Braxis and Baphomet, but Baphomet won. So interesting. I mean, Baphomet is um, is also kind of associated with um, with the Templars, or were they right. were they um, yeah, they, they were set to or accused well, to they worship the they, they worship the head of Baphomet, and there's many theories. Uh, the head of talking? Baphomet. Yeah. Or they had the head of John the Baptist. That's what some theories say, that Baphomet was the head of John the Baptist. Some said it was uh, a cipher for Muhammad. But uh, there is some research by some um, my friend Alex Rivera and Tracy Twyman. Uh, rest in peace. And they have this great research that Baphomet simply means baptism of wisdom. So uh, that oh, they were actually worshiping Sophia. Oh wow! Okay. See, this is this is why I wanted to wanted to have you on. I'm learning just I'm learning so much and so much that I just I never knew, and I don't think I ever would have would have really found out. This is this is and, interesting. And I love this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I I you know focus more on uh, on European paganism, of course, kind of doing the you know the indo-european thing as well but the um the abrahamic religions or the well counter religions if you will have always uh, always fascinated me as well and gnosticism like you'll you'll hear so much about it you know but mostly just bad things actually because christianity is always you know the right religion and you know through god or yahweh and jesus or you know whoever they are you know those are your ticket to heaven and gnosticism oh you know they're evil and even even heard a claim that i believe there was a a pope or just somewhere someone very high up in the catholic church um accusing the gnostics of being baby eaters oh yeah um, that's a that's a which is funny because that that came back around. Um, yeah, yeah, and they use that against Jews in the Middle Ages. <clears throat> it's a it's a polemic they use, but I mean, I mean, there's a lot of misinformation about the Gnostics out there. That's for sure. With anything, but, with anything. Yeah, but it, I mean, it makes you think. You know, so many people are against it. So many people are fighting against it. Uh, it's you know, it only makes me curious. It only makes me want to uh, want to know more and I mean I can I can also see I've, I've heard this uh, I've heard this before that's um, maybe that was on your show maybe someone else's show I, I don't exactly remember but um, God by planting the um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden, and telling you know adam and, and eve to you know don't eat it don't you dare eat that apple do not do it <laughs> you know the tree is there it's very much accessible you can pick it and eat it but don't you do it you're gonna want to do it yeah usually usually so what was he thinking <laughs> yeah you know why, and, why grow it at all <laughs> Yeah, that's that too. You know, if you're not well, the reason they grow to... it again, if we go back to the Anunnaki, these fruit was also for the gods too. I mean, both the, 
the Norse, the Greek gods, all these gods were immortal. They weren't eternal and they needed something to keep yeah. them immortal, whether it was ambrosia or some sort of mead. They were Go they were closer to aliens or extraterrestrials than gods golden, as we know the them. Gold, yeah. The golden apples of um right. in the uh, in the Norse mythology. So yeah. they probably wanted Adam and Eve to keep the trees for the fruit for the gods, but not eat it. Yeah, okay, but I mean, I'd say then, you know, either um, have Adam and Eve live somewhere else or plant those trees somewhere else. You know, they're just, I guess, you know, it would make sense if you then, if you then say, but, you know, he, the, like the temptation was there already, just needed that extra push. And for that, they get they get punished and we become this oh, it was fleshy, a serp the serpent mortal was form. The, bush, the serpent wisdom yeah the gnostics associated yeah. the serpent with wisdom who gave the push yeah serpents and snakes are um are still in uh, in european religion as well they are associated with with wisdom uh you'll hear of course everybody is familiar with uh saint patrick you know driving the snakes out of ireland um but that's that's northern europe we don't we don't really have snakes here and certainly not enough that you have to drive them away that you have to have to cast them out so uh we are told that you know the snakes represents the the druids the, the shamans they they represent that that wisdom they represent that that knowledge and yeah, indeed. You know, when the, the the Christian Church, Catholic Church, made his way up into Europe, a lot got a lot got lost, unfortunately. And yeah, there are some stories. Simon Magus, who appears in the New Testament, and he's associated with the uh, the founder of Gnosticism, or he's called the father of all heresies. A lot of mm -hmm. Druids drew their source from him. He was their founder. I don't know how true or not, but it is in legend. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think it's I think it's all very very interesting how much um, how much in common just all the religions and thought forms have, um, and especially you know Gnosticism. Now that I have been you know at least informed. Um, more i think it's it's interesting interesting in how many like how many other religions and thought forms you can like you can mold it if you will so it's it's not one thing but it's it at the same time it's so many other things and it's fascinating it really really is fascinating um thinking of more things to say but i mean there's just I think we have we have covered so much already and you at least for me you uh, you have cleared up a lot you answered a lot of my a lot of my questions uh gnosticism has always been one of those mysteries for me <laughs> well again all you need to do is watch westworld or the matrix the truman show there's so much even the movie the lego movie is very gnostic and you'll get the lego sense. movie the first one yeah yeah oh that's interesting okay watch it now with new eyes and you'll see the dad is the demiurge remember i will the perfect world everything is here yeah. oh wow yeah i mean i i'm familiar with uh with the truman show especially because somehow that's became uh, a thing in the in the collective consciousness again and yeah it is all about you know creating that's that perfect world and perfect society and like indeed keeping him trapped in there wow yeah no i do yeah oh christoph is the demiurge who's the director of the world. yeah and his job is to make sure Truman doesn't wake up or escape. That's it. That he doesn't doesn't find out and you know, like scars him, traumatizes him to make sure that 
that he doesn't even want to want to find out. I am gonna have to watch those movies again. You'll enjoy it with new eyes. <laughs> oh, I I always I always do every time I find out something new or my my eyes are opened in a different way and I watch you know the uh, the old old things again. I always see something new or understand it in a a little a little different different way. Um, this was yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm having to do a lot of homework or even this year i mean there are shows like i'm not sure if you're familiar with these shows like severance 1899 uh what else uh wandavision from marvel is very gnostic because it's all about a false reality constructed by yeah. an archon who's wanda <laughs> yeah 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 all very very occult very very gnostic and will definitely be uh, be interesting to uh, to watch with this this new knowledge this this new vision uh so yeah, thank you thank you very much my pleasure that. uh is there anything you um, you want to plug anything that you're uh, you're working on no if you go to my website thegodabovegod.com uh or look for a um bite uh i've got all my stuff podcasts videos all that i just started a online course called the virtual alexandria academy so if people are interested in sort of starting with gnosticism from their text to their founders to their ideas it's a nice course it's like more than it's more than 20 lessons more than 30 hours of uh, approachable and educational content awesome I uh, I will make sure all the links are in the description. I should have, yeah, I have your website in there. Uh, awesome. All sounds sounds all very, it sounds sounds amazing and definitely something uh, definitely something people can can learn from. I have learned a lot already in this uh, this hour. So thank you very much for that. Thank you for for coming on i uh, had a had a great time enjoyed it so, too. thanks yeah no you're uh, you're absolutely welcome and thank you all who joined us in the in the live chats this was Stein fox the greyhorn pagans pod greyhorn pagans podcast with miguel from aeon bite gnostic radio thank you all very much until the next time and have a good evening y'all <laughs>